And now, the Blaze Radio Network presents 40 Acres and a Fool. Here's your host, Cam Edwards. Greetings from the near frontier. Thank you so much for tuning in to another edition of 40 Acres and a Fool here on Blaze Podcast Network. Cam Edwards and... Me, Missy, and we want to wish you a uh, all belated Merry Christmas, and uh, and thank you. Happy Winter Solstice, belated Hanukkah, early New Year, Happy Kwanzaa. Yep, we're in Kwanzaa now. Happy Boxing Day, uh, and all of the uh, other holidays. Um, we're going to talk about uh, our Christmas uh, here on the farm. It was a uh, it was a really good Christmas. Actually, we had our kids all at home. All five of them. All five of them for at least a couple of days, and uh, it was it was a really good time. It was nice. Um, now, one of the things that um, I posted on Twitter at Cam Edwards and, and Miss E posted on Instagram at Corny Goat Farm uh, was the ham. Oh yeah, we got a lot of likes on the ham. Oh yeah. So these were f- these, these hams were, f- were from our vacancies. They were from two one or some. They were from some hogs. Mm-hmm. I just picked the two biggest that we had that didn't look the fattest. That's the right. problem with American guinea hogs. I learned the hard way the first time when I brined and did a ham. There's a big nasty chunk of fat in the middle. So yeah. it was a really bad ham experience. So I kind of tried to debone one and rolled it tighter and i left the other one just to bone in so they're more like um i want to say shank hams okay uh but they were really really good and i had a lot of folks ask um, when i uh, posted this on twitter i mentioned that they'd been brining for about six weeks and a lot of folks were saying well why why would you brine them that long why don't you just do you know one or two weeks uh isn't that enough and no i don't Uh, know the first time that we did a ham for like two weeks it, it tasted vaguely hammy, but it tasted more pork choppy to me. Yeah. So we've left it in the brine longer, and you can't really over-brine a ham. I mean, no. you're just going to get, you know, more intensely uh, hammy taste here. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm a little distracted because as we're talking, uh, Zelda, the uh, Great Pyrenees, is sitting here, and, and we're sitting at the kitchen table. Let me see if I can set the scene for you. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight... Uh, cookie houses, like gingerbread houses, but made of cookies that, that were also part of our Christmas experience, and they're all sort of lining the dining room table. We've kind of pushed them aside so that um, Missy and I can sit here and do a podcast. And and Zelda is literally trying to lick the table in hopes of just getting her tongue on just the tiniest bit of a cookie house. So I think that I've managed to... Uh, push them all away so that that's not going to to be an issue going forward here in the podcasts. All right, so as long as I don't have to stop this to uh, <laughs> chastise Zelda, we have the recipe for the brine so for you, our ham. So you grab you a pencil and a piece of paper, right? And and uh, you can always pause this, you know, so we're not going to delay too long here. No, um, but. Uh, uh, all right, so here is the, the, the recipe for the uh, Corny Goat Farm ham brine. And depending upon how big your ham is, you may have to make more brine. Okay. So this is just one recipe for a small ham. Okay. I actually made the, I think I had to double or triple this when I made 
my hams because okay. I put them both. And so what I do is I have a big but just keep the proportions the same. clear plastic box with a lid that I can snap on that's big enough to keep them submerged. And then I will put them in our, our little spare fridge. And that way I don't have to worry about it. They're completely submerged. You don't have to do anything. If you want to turn them every couple of weeks or, or once a week or so, you're fine. But if you don't, you're, they're fine too. I just ignored it. Um, so, it, so this is just one recipe. Okay. So you'll need two liters of water. Three quarters of a cup of kosher salt, one cup of dark brown sugar, one quarter cup molasses, and I use the dark black strap, one quarter of a teaspoon of ground cloves, and this is the important one. One level teaspoon of pink salt. That's curing salt. That's not Himalayan pink sea salt, one of them fancy-ass salts you buy in your snotty-ass grocery store. This is pink salt. You can get it on Amazon. Um, But anyway, you use one level teaspoon per five pounds of meat that you're curing. So weigh your meat before you do all this. Um, You're going to mix all that up. Um, until everything dissolves. Sometimes I'll warm it up a little bit to help the sugars and salt dissolve, but you want it to be cold when you pour it over the hams. Um, you're going to brine. I, I wrote down one day for every two pounds, but four to six weeks is what I've usually been doing. It just Again, it's the size of the ham. And then you're going to rinse it, and you're going to let it dry for a few hours, and then you'll smoke it at between 2 225 until the meat reaches an internal temperature of 165 degrees. Was it 165 or was it 160? It was... Because we pulled it at 160. No, it was 165 because remember I kept... At one point it was like 164 point something. Oh, I thought it was like 159 point something. Whatever. It was... I, I looked at it. I, I've made adjustments, so okay. it's 165. <laughs> well, we ate it. Uh, we didn't get trichinosis, so we're, we're, no. we're all good. Yeah. Um, and yes, it is delicious. It is just a lovely pink... Uh, and by the way, in the in the smoker, we uh, we we tried out a new smoker for the first time because uh, Christmas My, was it Christmas morning? No, no it was Christmas Eve. No, I did it two days before. It was Christmas. it was the twenty second. Okay. I finally was going to smoke the ham so we'd have them for Christmas breakfast, and I'd take the hams out of the brine, get them rinsed, get them dry, go outside, and every single time I tried to start my electric smoker, the stupid thing kept shorting out, and the bottom is kind of rusted, and the element you you couldn't get a good thing on the temperature, so I was just like. Um, you know, Missy, e, I uttered a <laughs> chain of expletives that would make the kid from um, the Christmas story's daddy ears turn red. And I went and got myself a new smoker. So it's the same brand. It's a Master Chef, but it's a signature series and it's run by Propane. And it's really cool because in this one, so I had to, I had to play around too because it's a different. This is not going to do as well with chips. So I'm going to, it didn't do as well with chips. So I'm going to have to go get chunks. I had to keep refilling the wood because it's really close to the heat surface. It's like right over the big propane burner. Mm. So it, it, it works differently than the other one, where, which was in, you'd put the soaked wood chips in a little covered box. And it was, it sat above the element, but it wasn't like, it wasn't as hot. Right. Propane gets way hotter. Um, but the cool thing is, is it actually has two chambers. So it has a bottom chamber that you can access to add more water and um, f- um, wood for the smoking without having to open up the top door and, and mess up the temperature. That is nice. And it does have a little thing where you can stick an internal probe in for a meat so you can you can take its temperature. But I, uh, I have had two of those things, and they both broke. Uh, yeah. I don't trust them for squat. I yeah. just go with the stick thermometer and open up the door. So, yeah. But it worked really, I mean, it worked it worked really well, well, and it was less than $200. Yeah. And I got it at Lowe's. 
So there so, you go. There you go. Uh, so uh, hopefully, you know, if you can't, you, I mean, you don't have to have to wait till next Christmas. You can have an Easter ham. You can have. Well, I can keep a, doing hams. I have. Well, I'm tons. talking about our. Oh, everybody. Oh, yeah. You can start one for Easter. I'm going to probably start a couple for Easter because we'll eat these by then. Yeah. Um, And I got a couple in the smoke in the in the um, in the fridge and I want to try to make some more um, smoked kielbasa. And one of the hams uh, you had deboned. I deboned a part of it so I could roll it better because it was just not a really good size meat. Okay. And I wanted to roll it to get it nice and tight. But then one was bone in. Bone in. And that's the other thing about the whole making sure you get it to 165 degrees because the meat closest to the bone is, is going to take a little bit longer to cook. Yeah, but uh, now we can use those bones for... Uh, oh, I, I totally bought um, beans just so I can make a big old <laughs> pot of beans or um, um, ham and bean soup. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or split pea soup with ham bones in it. Something. Mm-hmm. I, I totally just... Was like I'm gonna save um, smoked bones with the, all the yum, the brine. They're gonna make good at beans. So before we move on from Christmas, um, I do have to just say thank you because as we're recording this, today is chemo day. Uh, we were going to try to do this last night, and this podcast was going to be called Twas the Night Before Chemo. But, uh, <laughs> I didn't feel like but it. But you didn't feel like it. So um, so Missy is at chemo this morning. I go into town, and I uh, run by the post office. I hadn't been to the post office for five or six days, and I, y'all, I was so overwhelmed by the number of cards in our little P.O. box and then the yellow slips letting us know that we had a package. I mean, I could barely walk out the door of the post office because we had so many people from all around the country think of us on on Christmas and and make us a part of of your Christmas. So I want to thank you. Um, Actually, you know what? I do want to thank folks by name, so... Hold on, I'll get the cards. Okay, you do that. I'll just keep talking here. Um, But it was amazing. I mean, first of all, I do have to say, uh, several of the packages were addressed specifically uh, to Miss E. Care of Cam Edwards. But it was Miss E, care of Cam Edwards, uh, which is awesome. Because she's not in the room right now. Chemo day sucks. Chemo day's hard. And you all put a huge smile on Missy's face. All right, she's back. Um, okay, so we have, and I'm just going to go through the cards here, um, Mike and Kelly in Michigan. And Kelly, I know that you've not been feeling well, so I really appreciate you thinking of us, and we are certainly thinking of you this holiday season. Um, Pat and Doug, and I, I hope I'm pronouncing the last name. Actually, I'm not going to pronounce the last name, but uh, Pat and Doug uh, wrote in and says, Cam and Missy, we hope you have a Beautiful Christmas and a healthy New Year. So glad to hear your new podcast. We have missed you so much. It's like a uh, a, a, weekly. a weekly visit uh, with good friends, with dear friends, love and blessings. And um, we got these really cool, like ceramic peppers. Yeah, you know how like in New Mexico they'll make strings of hot peppers and they'll hang it up. It's like that. Only it's um. They're really pretty little ceramic, and so they they put a note that these can't rot. Right. Uh, we had to laugh. So Pat and Doug, those I are, can't ferment them either. Those so. are hang, those are going to hang in our kitchen. They're already hanging in the kitchen. Oh, already. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, and then we had a, uh, a package from the Dempseys in South Carolina who sent us some of their own holiday cookies. I know, right? That was amazing. And by the way, Dempseys, they are absolutely delicious. So I, I hope that we're going to be uh, good boys and girls and get another batch next year. Uh, then we had um, from Jennifer in California... This was one of those packages that was Cam. It was Missy Care of Cam Edwards, <laughs> uh, and it was this really cool turban from Turban Diva. And uh, and Jennifer said, "Keep your head warm yeah. this holiday season <laughs> as long as you need to." In our prayers, so Jen, thank you so much. I love the card, by the way. It's got a uh, little chipmunk trying to devour an entire candy cane cookie. Uh, and let's see. Then we had uh, a uh, uh, oh oh Jen. Uh, who's uh, Tucker Tuck, Tucker Fl- Lee, the fluffy corgi yeah. on Instagram. That's uh, that's Tucker's person. Yeah. And uh, Jen from Corgi Hill Urban Farm in Pennsylvania uh, sent us their holiday card, uh, all kinds of pictures of Tucker. And Mike, make sure, by the way, you're following Tucker Lee, the fluffy corgi on Instagram uh, and uh, Corgi Hill Urban Farm on Facebook. Uh, then we had, do you want to read off any of these? No, you're fine. No, okay. So then we had uh, Kelly... Uh, in uh, Jackson County, Texas, Kelly works with uh, Sheriff Louderback. Who loved our hot sauce. Yes, and we love Sheriff Louderback. We love the folks at the Jackson County Sheriff's Office. Bullet there is barking in the background. That's all right. Uh, Merry Christmas, Edwards. Uh, we wish you all, wish you all, excuse me, wish you all a blessed and peaceful holidays. Keep up those positive attitudes. You're in our thoughts and our prayers. And Kelly and Sheriff and all of the great folks here in Jackson County, Texas, thank you so much. Uh, then we had a, a card from Aaron Pallet with Operation Blazing Sword. Uh, and it was great to see a, a card from Aaron. Thank you so much, Aaron. Uh, another card here from the uh, Balden family uh, wishing us a Merry Christmas. And thank you so much for that. Uh, one of our uh, dear old friends, Brian in Compton, California, uh, writing in. By the way, Brian, your card, Missy, uh, really cracked up. Uh, Missy, uh, 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 wishing Missy and Cam a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Uh, then we had just I know, a few it more. Just keeps going. going here. I'm sorry, but I want to thank everybody, uh, Miguel and Cynthia, uh, Ellie and Giselle, the Dilberts. Uh, writing in with their family card. By the way, you guys are a photogenic family. They really are. <laughs> I gotta tell you, you guys are you guys are like model pretty. Yeah. That's, uh, so thank you for that. We gotta hate you a little bit though. <laughs> Maybe yeah, feel a little self conscious, but whatever. I have new glasses. I feel I feel like I'm looking a little bit more model like as love well. Them. Uh, then we had I don't have the last name here in front of me, but uh, Jim, Denise, and family. Uh, writing in says I hope that you all get some restful time together during the holidays, and that Missy is feeling good. I continue to pray for her healing, and I hope 2019 is a much better year for the whole family. We do, too. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you very, very <laughs> much for that. Uh, and finally, uh, Matt and Marsha from Boulder, Colorado, longtime listeners of Cam and Company, uh, wishing us uh, best wishes for a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And we did get more cards, by the way. I just don't have them right in front of me, but we got an earlier batch before Christmas. Yeah, we so, did. So, again, if I didn't read off your card and I didn't say your name today, Please know this was so appreciated and so welcome. It it really did uh, help make our holidays bright. So we really appreciate it. Once again, we have such a an incredible community uh, here, at part of the Forty Acres and a Fool uh, family, and and just just it's, know, it's so nice that we have so many people who are like us 
weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> well, us weirdos have to stick together. We do. Right? We all do. All right. So um, I think we're going to move on from Christmas now. Uh, there are a couple of other topics that I want to get to. First of all, so uh, this has been, I think by the time the end of the year rolls around here, this is going to be the wettest year on record in Virginia history. And we're still under a flood warning for tomorrow. I know. Again, as we're recording this, it's a couple days after Christmas, uh, and we have, we've already had almost 30 inches of rain and snow this year. Yeah. Well, uh, or precipitation. Wet. Right. And we've got another half inch expected tonight, another inch expected tomorrow. <sighs> And it's, it's it's so effing muddy. <laughs> it is very very muddy, uh, and it's actually starting to cause problems because I noticed. So the way our house is situated, we're kind of slightly uphill from our drainage field, right? And then uh, you go further up the hill to get to the roads. We're kind of like halfway elevation wise uh, on on a slight hill, right? Yeah. So I noticed as I was walking the dogs down the hill the other day that everything's muddy. I mean, everything is still wet and soggy, but there were a couple of spots that looked a little soggier than normal. Mm. Uh, and it's the le- it's in the leach field right. for our septic tank. So uh, after freaking out uh, for a good hour and a half and not telling Missy <laughs> I'm freaking out as I'm going online. Like, here's the thing. Like, when you're sick, you don't want to go to WebMD. Because inevitably you find out you've got some sort of tropical disease. Oh, man. When I found out I had lung cancer, the first thing I did, uh, that was a stupid idea. (laughs) So same thing. Like when you see, you know, something that concerns you about your house, when you go online and you start looking up stuff, you immediately find the people who say, oh, it cost me $50,000. I had to yank out my entire septic system. So, I mean, I'm freaking out Uh, because we've been here for six years. This house, first two rooms built in the 1770s, long before indoor plumbing, as best we can tell, indoor plumbing did not actually make it into our home until the, until the 1970s. Yeah. Um, late 1970s. So the septic system is only 30 to 40 years old. Oh, or it might have been replaced by the last owners, too. We don't know. At the at most, at it's the 30 most, to 40 years old. At the most, it's that. At the least, it's from 97. Right. Or when they got it. So the septic system itself should be okay. The leach field, I'm a little concerned about. The leach field may have reached the end of its life, and we may need to be looking at a new leach field. I'm going to knock on wood right now and hope that that's not the case. Um, but I did get some septic shock. We're going to try to treat that uh, up the... Uh, you know, little bacteria uh, inside the septic tank. See if that will actually help fix the issue. I wonder if you should go ahead and check on that. It's okay. We've really had weird conversation about toxic pee because of chemo. <laughs> yes. And after um, when I f- when I first had the chemo and it was this nasty cisplatin and something with an E that also was a platinum based chemotherapy. It was really nasty, and I was told I wasn't allowed to prepare food for my family for twenty four hours, forty eight hours. I had to make sure that I always cl- um, close the toilet when you flush. And by the way, if you don't, you should do it anyway because you'd be really surprised at how much comes up out of the toilet when yes. you flush it. Um, and I couldn't. Uh, I had to make sure not to, you know, spit on anybody or sneeze on anybody. Keep yeah, my bodily can, fluids to my Myself, basically, yeah. we couldn't have sex. Couldn't kiss. Uh, couldn't kiss, and so he he said, "Well, do you think your pee is killing the bacteria?" And I thought, "Well, surely I couldn't have that much of an effect on an entire septic system." But who knows? Because it's 
the chemo is designed to kill everything that's alive. Right. I think it's a combination of things. I think it's, because I think it's we the have rain. a we have a it's a it's the rain which has made things worse. But if things are getting out of whack in terms of out of balance in the septic system, we also have five people in our house. We've got teenagers now, so that means you know constant showers with shampoo and other soap. We are always running the dishwasher. We're but, always running the washing machine. But they're always filled. See, that's the problem right. too. Is we're always doing full loads of everything, but we are stressing out our. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna shock the system. We're gonna uh, add a lot of the beneficial bacteria back in, uh, and. Going keep an water, eye out. Water keep, strike. Keep an for eye out of things over the next couple of weeks as the uh, hopefully the rain stops at yeah. some point. I mean, I, I don't want to listen. I don't want to jinx it. I would rather have more water than not enough. Right, but still, but it's still getting to the point where it's like a little concerning. You know, we just we just fixed the roof on the house. Yeah, and now I'm like, oh, please don't let this be the next big project. Yeah, right. got some emails to get to but um before we do there is actually one more christmas item that we should talk about and this is this is gonna i'm gonna pose a question uh to all of you listening you can uh, write in 40 acrefool at gmail.com and and you can let us know yes or no to fruitcake and 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 really think about it because I know like you know again the, it's a the, joke it is but it, you know here's the thing like and that's the thing like I never really ate fruitcake because I always just you know fruitcake it lasts forever you can sit in around whatever right so I always thought fruitcake was disgusting I never really tasted it last year Missy buys a candy tasty cake tasty version. Cake. Because that's the only thing I could find around here, by the way. And it was good. It wasn't bad. It it wasn't bad. And so this year, Missy decided to make her own fruitcake. And I made it in November. And it's so, so, okay, so how do you make a fruitcake? Fruitcake is just a We don't have to do a whole recipe. No, I don't even have a recipe. I I just kind of push one together. Fruitcake is basically very low in fruit, very high in candied citrus fruits and nuts. Um, I mean, very low in cake batter. Okay. And as far as the proportion to the the nuts and the citrus, or the candy. So I didn't have... Um, traditional um, candied citrus, but uh, one gift basket that someone sent me when the, when I think it was like everybody thought I was going to die when the, we got the diagnosis that the tumors were actually getting bigger yeah. way back in August. I got two gift baskets, and one of them had a whole bunch of dehydrated fruit in it. So I just used a bunch of that and some raisins. So that's got mango. I can't even remember what mangoes maybe and dates and raisins mm-hmm. and apricots in okay. it. And so I just made a regular kind of like a pound cake batter. Yeah. So and then I just added a whole bunch of fruit. I baked it. Any and nuts in there? And uh, pecans. Okay. Uh, pecans or walnuts, one or the other. Um, I, so I baked it and then I wrapped it up in cheesecloth and I soaked it with bourbon. But <laughs> I didn't. Okay. So when you say you soak it, though, like how, what do you mean you soak it? You with you bourbon? you actually pour the bourbon over the top of the cake until you completely saturate the cheesecloth. Okay. And then you let it sit, and the cheesecloth holds it next to it. And then you'll come back in a couple of days, and you'll put some more on to get. And then at a certain point, it'll just stay kind of damp. Uh-huh. And I've put mine. You're supposed to wrap them up in plastic and let them sit, but I just put mine in a in a plastic Rubbermaid container with a good snap on lid, and I put it in a dark place so that I could actually keep an eye on it just in case it went funky. Okay. I was afraid if I wrapped it up and really airtighted it, it would get mold or something in yeah. there. But the booze kept it from doing anything. But the funny part about the booze part, though, is that you had bought some bourbon 
And I didn't think, I think you said you really didn't care for it. So I was just like, oh, I'll just use this. Well, I didn't realize how expensive it was. So this is a banging, balling fruitcake, by the way. And one whiff of it will get you drunk. Yeah. I mean, this fruitcake was so boozy. It's good. But the cake tastes good. I was really surprised because then I started doing research or watching. I also ordered a a fruitcake from a company called uh, Collins Street Bakery in Texas, and they're famous for their pecan heavy. Mm -hmm. And I like it, but I kind of like mine, too. Like, it's different. Mine's a little bit more cakey. Um, I need to use net less cake, but this was the first time I actually tried to make a fruitcake, and I love fruitcake, but I always was afraid that I would mess one up. So no, you did a really good job. Yeah, I mean, it's it's 120 proof. But, yeah, uh, I mean, I, I might I might like dial back the booze just a little bit next time. Yeah, well, if you want to get drunk eating cake, <laughs> go I'm for it. Out at our place yeah. for a little bit because we I made two. <laughs> <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> All right, we've got a couple of emails to get to before we uh, have to get out of here. Uh, Brian, I mentioned in uh, Compton, California, who had sent us uh, Christmas wishes, also wrote in. I use all your vanilla, and vanilla is in the cookie houses. Vanilla is in my chocolate chip cookies. Vanilla is in my alpha horrors. Vanilla is in my spoon cookies. Thank you so much for the vanilla. My daughter was like, what is that? I'm like, a very special person in California loves me and sent me this big old <laughs> bottle of handmade vanilla. Homemade vanilla. So Brian wrote in and said, I've been fascinated by the idea of that earth fridge that you talked about on the last podcast for some time. Uh, and since you mentioned it on 48, because I looked up the DIY version using oil drums. Mm. Uh, one question occurs to me, and I figured you and Missy might find it an interesting topic. What would you do to keep ants and other ground-dwelling insects out of such a device? Mm. I asked because I once left a cooler draining in my backyard, lid closed, drain bung open, and in a half hour I had thousands of ants crawling around the interior. Mm. So it's a really good question, Brian, and that's the thing. Like, you know, the the super-duper expensive earth fridge, the one that is, you know, preformed, uh, and I'm sure that's got a very tight seal, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you're looking, you know, for an oil drum fridge or some sort of, uh, you know, DIY thing, I mean, that's, that's going to be the key is you're going to have to make sure that there is a really, really tight seal. Somehow, yeah. Right? Because that and you're also going to have to make – we're all going to make sure that the, it never gets exposed to water. It's kind of a, a misnomer sometimes that bugs want to come in for food. Sometimes bugs are coming in for the water like they did with that cooler. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I think that's that would be the real trick is to figure Making out how to seal it. Yeah, and uh, I heard somebody made a um, root cellar, which basically this is all these things are. Right. But I heard somebody uh, turned an old boat into a root cellar. Huh. Like a pretty decent sized power boat, but they dug a hole, they buried it pointy side in, okay, covered it up with dirt, and then they were able to uh, make a door out of the back. I mean, this was a pretty big boat. Okay. Um, it was kind of like the minnow. Oh, the Gilligan's Island. Yeah, but maybe not as tall without a canopy, kind of like a shorter version. Uh Um, But yeah, I was like, that's all waterproof. (laughs) It's certainly watertight. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And uh, Greg wrote in as well, says, Hi, Cam and Missy. I love your most recent episode about the Beatniks. Thank you for that, Greg. Mm. That was an experiment. I know. I've been thinking about... uh, No, I wasn't talking to you. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Well, you are talking to me. Well, I am talking to you. (laughs) But but that was an experiment. I'm going to try to do another experiment. Um, basically, if you didn't have a chance to uh, to listen to the uh, the bonus episode of uh, 40 Acres and a Fool, um, I like old books, and I cannot lie. Mm-hmm. Right? And uh, and and it drives – Missy's gotten better about it, but I think it kind of drives Missy crazy. So We don't have storage for all these books. We partly, have books running up our staircase. Partly because um, I want to justify the fact that I have these old books, but also partly because I really – 
do find them fascinating. Uh, I wanted to try to figure out a way to, you know, examine these old books uh, for current relevance today. And uh, this book that we started with, The Holy Barbarians, which is this like, you know, Jane Goodall anthropological study of, of the beats and the beatniks in uh-huh. uh, Southern California. Like, in the middle of this book, all of a sudden, uh, there's like this page and a half rant about the media that could have been written today. Oh. And how the media comes up with narratives and the media is all about the narrative as opposed to the facts. And they'll jazz up stories to get you to, at the, you know, now it's to get you to, to click. Right. right. But back then it was simply just to get, get you, you to, to, buy. to read or to or, get you to buy. Um, and it's fascinating because, you know, the, the, when you when you go back and you read these old books and you find those things that resonate today, you I think you find a connection to the past. But you also realize how little human nature changes. And, and, you know, on the surface, our music's very different. On the surface, you know, we've got all kinds of technological advances we didn't have in the 50s. Media looks much different than it did in the 1950s. But in a lot of ways, it still acts the same. Yeah, right. Right. So so we're we're probably going to do another one of those, but I appreciate you uh, you, uh, uh, listening, Greg, and and, and the kind words there. Um, Again, you know, as we head into the new year, I, I... I just want to wish each and every one of you a uh, healthy and happy and prosperous 2019 and say thank you again for being a part of our lives. Prospero año felicidad. <laughs> I want to wish you a merry. You, you can't sing now. We don't We don't have the, the rights to that song. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. And a Happy New Year. From the bottom of my heart. All right, so... <laughs> Until we speak again, be safe, have fun, live a little, learn a lot, lot, and uh, and love a lot, too. And we will talk to you soon with another edition of 40 Acres and a Fool right here on Blaze Podcast Network. Adios. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network.